Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to start wrapping up the season. So let's do so on another edition of Believe in Saints. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. And welcome to you. The season didn't end on the note that uh, anybody would have liked. Kind of ironic that the Saints lose 10 to 7 and finish the season 7 and 10. Um, TC, just, you know, a lot of the same problems for the Saints uh, this season, just not capitalizing on opportunities, the defense playing a very solid game, giving you chances, but ultimately it just wasn't enough. Yeah, like it's been the same story all year. Uh, We've been inconsistent when it comes to playing well. Uh, we have us. We have a little, a little stretch there where we have three games where we're two or three games where we're playing good, and then you know that inconsistency come back in, and, and we lose to a team that we should have beat. That we should have beat. Uh, don't get me wrong. Now, Carolina defense, they have a good defense. Uh, they made some key plays. Uh, one to me, one of the biggest plays they made was right before the half when Olave caught a little out route. And instead of him catching it and just turning, getting out of bounds, he turned inside and then tried to get back out of bounds. He ended up fumbling. That was three points taken off the board right there. So now instead of going into the halftime, 10 zip, we go into seven zip and momentum swing. So, yes, we we got some work to do next year, but I think we'll be okay. Coach, uh, I I mean, you know, I I guess to talk about the game a little bit, you know, like you said, there's not a lot to draw away from it that we haven't seen before with the team this season. I think, you know, AK looked good. He ran hard. Um, Taysom did some good things again. Um, offensively, it's the same issue. I mean, you, you, what comes out of it more than anything is the injuries with uh, Trevor Penning, a Liz Frank injury, which is uh, that means a long offseason for an offensive lineman because – you can't put any weight on that. You 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 cannot. You got to let that foot heal. And we're talking about a three hundred and twenty pound man, and he's going to have to be off that foot and 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 let it heal. That's difficult for a rookie who missed most of his rookie season, and is is expected to be a starter next year. So you know that's a big concern. And then coming out of this game, most of these things are about people's decisions. Michael Thomas. It looks like the Saints are preparing to cut him. Um, in, in one form or fashion, because after June 1st, they save a significant amount of money in releasing him. Cam Jordan led the, the who that, you know, maybe for the last time at the stadium, Demario Davis. He's got a situation where you got to figure him out. We've talked about the quarterback situation with Andy Dalton and with Jameis Winston. Dennis Allen, though we haven't heard anything, it looks like he'll be back. But there are questions about that staff. Where would you start? 
when you um, if you're addressing the Saints issues, I don't want to say problems because all teams got issues. You got things you need to fix and, and prepare for and improve on. Where would you start? Man, I think shucks, that's a great question. I, it's so many things you got to like I said, they're not terrible issues, but they're issues. You know, I think you start with the coaching staff. Uh, I think you figure out uh, not even when I say coaches, I'm not even talking about the head coach. Uh, you got to get some other coaches in to help out. Uh, then I think you got to address the quarterback situation. Uh, you got a quarter, you got to address that. Um, and then you just start trickling on down the line. I think the, the, the injury depending, I think that is, that's a big injury. I mean, you hit on it earlier, but that's a big injury because he's an offensive lineman. And the fact he has to be off that, be off that foot for what all off season, Office lineman put on weight quickly. He's not going to be able to work out, you know, and they put on weight quickly. So you got to hope that he comes back the same way, you know, that, that he was before he, before he got injured uh, because being out of shape and coming back in, trying to get back in shape as office lineman is that's, that's a tough uphill battle to climb. If you can't, if you can't put any weight on that foot or anything like that. So that's, that's another issue. Then like I said, I'm fine with, with Thomas. I'm fine. If we let Thomas go, I'm okay with that. He's a amazing receiver. He done a, a lot of great things for, for the saints, but he's right here lately. He's been out a lot, mm -hmm. a lot. So yeah, if, when he's healthy, we got him and he's, he bring a lot to the team, but he has been healthy a lot the last few years. So I'm okay with moving on from him, uh, even though he's still going to be a saint. Great. Uh, but I'm okay with moving on from him. Uh, so to me, that situation is not as big as maybe other situations, When especially when it comes to Davis. Uh, what are you going to do with the linebacker position? What are you going to do with him? Uh, to me, that's a big situation that you have to deal with because uh, you want to keep him in the building. Uh, but the Thomas situation is not really that big to me because we haven't been – we really haven't had him anyway. You yeah. Know, so I, it, 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 You hate that it hasn't worked out because right. I, I – I firmly believe that there's, there's there are too many people who gave up on Michael Thomas. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like you. I agree. It's a business decision at this stage. We need you to play. Yep. You can't play. We've paid you a lot of money. It's not like they they you know they paid him while he was hurt. They they took care of him. They did the rehab. They did things they were supposed to do. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I think if it, as the Saints look at it receiver is not nearly the position of need that it was two years ago, three years ago. You've got Chris Olave, who was likely the offensive rookie of the year, who exhibited the attitude exactly that you want to hear out of a rookie when he says, I left yards on the field this season. I got to come back bigger, stronger, so I can get more yards after the catch, so I can finish plays. That's what you want to hear out of a rookie wide receiver because we already know the dude – is an elite route runner. He's got exceptional hands. He's just got to become a man physically for the NFL and get the mental part down that comes with experience. But you, you feel like the future's in good hands with him. You feel like with Jawan Johnson, you may have a budding star at tight end. You feel like with your other receivers that you, uh, Shahid developed as the season went on. So you feel like you may have a budding depth, deep threat there. And you have always had success finding receivers in the third, fourth round and things like that. So I think, yeah, you can lose a Michael Thomas and your offense still 
I don't think next year we're we're going to I think we get further away from the Sean Payton 30 throws a game. And I think the Saints are in the middle of a transformation into more of a balanced power running type attack, something similar to like maybe what we saw with Seattle this year, where you give your quarterback a Geno Smith type the opportunity to make some big plays, but you rely on that defense at a running game to keep you in games. Oh, yeah, I agree with that, especially until you get a quarterback that may, can run the system that you want to run, that you want to run with, with like I said, throwing 30, 35 balls a game. But right now, you don't have a Drew Brees back there right now. So you really have to adjust your offense and cater around the pieces that you have and what they're good at. And right now, like you said, not throwing the ball 30, 35 times, 40 times a game is not where we succeed in. Uh, so uh, you definitely got to base your offense around the guys that you have or the guys that you're going to have in the building when they come back. So, like I said, we got some decisions to make, uh, not just personnel, but how you want to run the offense. I think defensively, uh, besides early in the season, we've been solid for the most part defensively. I think the defense is what's been keeping this team afloat uh, without really drowning, like really going under. I think defense has really been our, our key. But even then, you still got to make decisions on the defensive end because uh, you got guys that that's getting a little older that you got to make decisions on. And that, to me, the two biggest areas where you got questions, number one, you're going to reevaluate Teron Matthew, who didn't who had a OK season, but didn't provide what you needed the honey badger to provide. You want you brought mm-hmm. him in to create turnovers, create chaos. That's why you bring in Teron Matthew. He didn't get a lot of sacks this year. He didn't get a lot of turnovers this year. He was OK. And so I think that's a, a place for evaluation. Certainly, we know the D-line is an area of concern. I thought Malcolm Roach played better down the stretch. Uh, I think you still have concerns with Davenport and his availability and his consistency. So I think defensive line, again, is another area where that question is, can you afford to let go of a Cam Jordan when you don't know what you have with the rest of this defensive line? You don't have replacements. Or can you afford not to, you know, or do you have to financially in order to get more depth? I think that's going to be a difficult question because Cam showed he can still have elite moments. But I just, I think Mm -hmm. we've seen over the last two years, it's a lot harder for him to be an every down defensive end. And I still think that there may be times going forward next year where he starts splitting DN and maybe moving inside a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And then that may be something that you can address in the draft. Uh, if you find a guy that you really like in the draft to come in to kind of uh, not saying replace him, but kind of replace him if, if need be, you know, so I think you look those, you look in those directions to see which way you can go with it. Uh, like I said, it's just a lot of decisions we have to make. Uh, like I said, and they're not all bad decisions, but decisions have to be made. I think Lattimore, him coming back, I think helped the honey badger out a lot. Uh, because when you have a guy like that that can go press man on the outside and lock his man up, maybe now you don't have to play too high safeties a lot. And then you can bring uh, the honey badger down in the box and do a little bit more because you're more secure on the edges with your corners, especially with him coming back. So uh, I think that had a lot to do with some of uh, the honey badger things that the reason he wasn't playing the way he used to play. Uh, not I'm not saying that's the entire reason, but – when you got your other brothers out there that you know they're they're locked down corners, you know, and those guys can play, now give you more range to kind of roam a little bit more like you used to do, compared to when you you kind of shake on those edges, 
uh, and you got to play more coverage, you know? So I think all those things go hand in hand. Um, but we, like I said, we got decisions we have to make. The head coaching piece is going to be debated a long time because of a, you know, following up Sean Payton or anytime you have to follow up the guy, the first guy, it's a hard job to follow up. Um, but I think also with Dennis Allen, you know, I think there's there is a disconnect between him and the fan base that I think you know you you hate to say this, but that is part of the job. The coach mm-hmm. is the is the representative of the team. And I heard an interesting comparison yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay, you must talk about the two the, the two most recent Saints assistants. Obviously, uh, are Dan Campbell in Detroit and mm-hmm. Dennis Allen in New Orleans to take over. Dan Campbell, when he first got hired in Detroit, you know, came in real blustery over the top. We're going to bite people, all this stuff. And everybody thought this dude was crazy. <laughs> they played a solid end of the season last year. Their attitude carried over into this year. They are a physical team. They didn't have anything to play for on Sunday night. They were already eliminated from the playoffs. They go into Green Bay, a place they never win and knock the Packers out of the playoffs, go for it on fourth down, those types of things, the kind of aggression, calculated aggression that Campbell talked about after the game. He said he learned it from Sean Payton that sometimes you just got to go. You just got to do it. Trust you guys and go. And one of the complaints about Dennis Allen this season was in the Saints were in fourth and one situations when they had chances to be aggressive, that they didn't necessarily do that I don't think Dennis Allen has to – nobody has to be their predecessor. You can't be somebody else. But I do think it would behoove him maybe to have some people around him with a little more aggressiveness in their nature because I don't know if he and Pete Carmichael emotionally are the right balance because I don't think they test each other. There's no creative tension between them. It's kind of – it just feels like, okay, that's the call. You know what I mean? Like there, you don't see that kind of we. What are we gonna do right now, Pete? What's the play you mm-hmm. got for me, Pete? Because if you don't have a play, I gotta play. And mm-hmm. even if you're the defensive guy, you gotta have an idea of what you want to do. And I think if Dennis Allen is going to be successful in year two, he's got to decide what he wants to be and what he wants this team to be. And he's got to have people around him who embrace that and see it the big picture the same way, but maybe not the details the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And I think he has to get a guy in there that they have to trust each other. I don't think the trust was there mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to Dennis Allen and Pete. I don't think the trust is there. I don't think Dennis Allen really trusts the offense. I don't, and, and when you don't trust the offense, and rightfully so, because the offense they really didn't put up any numbers like that this year, uh, you're going to second-guess those fourth-down decisions. Are you going to second guess it? Because you really don't trust your offense to pick it up. Uh, so I don't think that Dennis Allen, uh, I don't think his job is in jeopardy this year. Uh, I also feel like when it comes to relating to the fans, I think he just has to win. Uh, he's trying to replace, he's replacing uh, Coach Payton. So that's already tough enough. So the fans, they have their decisions. They, everything he does is going to be, compared to what Coach Payton would have done, everything he does. So, I mean, that's that's already understood. I think he just had to get to the point to where they're winning ball games. Winning solves 
everything in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying winning is, you know, if you got big issues that winning is going to – but if you win games, a lot of other stuff that that you may go through, it's going to be swept under the rug as long as you're winning. You know, so he have to just win games. Win games and the and the fans get back on the bandwagon. The fans will get behind him, but he have to win games. And, and right now his first couple of years is going to be tough because he's always going to get compared to Coach Payton. Uh, that's that's just it, it is what it is. But he had to get some coaches around him that he can trust. Because, uh, like I said, he's not an offensive-minded guy. So when it comes down to crunch time situations, offensively, he don't have that offensive mind to really understand, well, okay, what should we do here? So he's going to rely on Pete to do those things. But Pete got to be more vocal about, okay, let's go for it. Like you say, it got to be really uh, aggressive about, okay, we can get this. Let's go for it. Let's get it. You know, but Pete, that's not his mentality. Yeah, because so, I think you got to communicate with Dennis mm-hmm. because he's aggressive defensively. We know we know he can be aggressive defensively, and I think I think it's his nature to be conservative offensively because mm-hmm. I think that's the you know I think it reveals itself in his comments about Andy Dalton when he consistently kept saying I feel like Andy gave us the best chance to win when really I think if you read between the lines what he's saying is. Andy minimalized in his mind the opportunity to lose. Not the best chance to win. I just think in his mind, his safety was his number one concern. And he didn't feel, for whatever reason, whether it's justified or not, I don't personally don't think it's justified, but he didn't feel Jameis was safe enough. And I think that's what with Andy, he viewed Andy as safe, that Andy wasn't going to mess things up. And I think he has to get past that because I think you cannot coach afraid that things are going to make mistakes. The great quarterbacks, the great teams, you live with the mistakes of your players at times if they are within the the decision-making is right. You know what I mean? Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions, but teams, you you lived with them because nine times out of the 10, the decision-making was going to be right. And I think in the NFL, if you are, if you're afraid to take chances, that stuff is going to come back to bite you. And the Saints, a lot of times this year, didn't take chances and didn't try to do things outside of maybe their comfort zone. I think that hurt Alvin Kamara. I think that hurt Taysom Hill um, over the course of the season. And I think that that's, that's, that's the most inward part that Dennis Allen really needs to think about is don't be afraid, man. Look, if they're going to fire you, they're going to fire you. You know, you don't have no – every coach in the NFL is hired to be fired. All you can do is be you. And I think if you're going to go out, like they say, go out on your shield, you know, not don't go out, you know, get, don't get carried out, get, you know, be dead, you know, make them kill you. And I, and I also think I want to see next year, like I said, and hopefully, I'm not going to say hopefully, but if they do bring the entire coaching staff back, which I'm quite sure that makes some, some changes up there. I'm not, I don't know if they're going to make any changes to the coordinator's positions or anything like that. But if they don't, to me, that's fine as long as they learn from their mistakes. This is, this is Pete first. Really uh, been the offensive coordinator. This is his first year. You know, it's his first year being the offensive coordinator. I think he has things that he's learned through this year. And a lot of times you learn the most when you face with adversity. And this year he has faced adversity a lot when it came to the offense. So I think he learned a lot. I think he's going to grow from that, and I think this year is going to be, is going to make him a better offensive coordinator, whether he's with the Saints or somewhere else. 
it's going to make him a better offensive coordinator. I also think this is going to make uh, Coach Allen a better head coach because he's going to understand the things that he could have done differently, the decisions he could have made differently. Uh, I think this season right here is going to make both these guys better at what they did, at what they do. Uh, so if they bring them back, I'm fine with it. I just I just want them to, to learn from their mistakes, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, I think the biggest question for the offseason is, who are you? Who are the right. New Orleans Saints? What Every person, every player, every coach, everybody within that organization, who are we? What do we want to be now? Because we are not what we were. And that's fine. This is that's life. You train, you change at some point. I ain't 25 anymore. I can't act like I'm 25. So, you know, the Saints are in that period of who are we now? And great teams and organizations either reestablish the identity like a Pittsburgh Steelers franchise, which has kept its identity through different coaches. It has the same identity. Or you adapt and you find those personalities that can keep the theme, but play the variation. And, and that's what Dennis Allen has to figure out. What is he? Is he going to, is there a way to reestablish it or does he have to build something on his own? Because ultimately I, I, it's, it's nobody's going to, to put this on Mickey Loomis. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. put this on Kai Hartley. At the end of the day, this is, this is Dennis Allen's resume that, that, that this goes on. And I, I really do think also having the off season and not, having this period going into up to the draft enough where we were waiting on Sean and trying to understand what he was doing. It's his team too this entire off season. So mm-hmm. that is an opportunity as well for him to seize. And from day one, now that you've had these postseason meetings, this is your calendar. It's not Sean's calendar. It's nobody else's. So it's his first real off season. So we'll see how that goes too. And, and the good thing about everything, they still have talent. He's gonna have he gonna have some young talent as well, especially on the offense side of the ball. He's gonna have some young talent. So uh, I think this whole this entire season that we had this year is gonna benefit us next year uh, because of the things that we went through. Hopefully it does. Um, again, we know this team doesn't have a first round draft pick, but because Chris played so well, it didn't end up being a really mm-hmm. bad uh, first round draft pick is that you gave up, and I think it's worth it in the end. To get Chris Olave, you don't. There was no guarantee you were going to get that this year. Um, I think this is a quarterback deep draft. There may not be. You never know. It's always a crapshoot with quarterbacks, but there are probably seven or eight quarterbacks available in this draft that the Saints can look at. Um, we know Jameis is under contract. Andy is not, but I would expect that they have a lot of intention of re-signing Andy. I don't think Jameis wants to come back now at this stage. I think he feels like he wants to move on. How do they do that? Do they just cut him out right or do they trade him? That would be interesting to see. Um, but there's a lot of questions. And and you and I, we will check in periodically and answer some and try to answer some of them and, and give analysis when we get some. Mm-hmm. And and me, and like I said, I'm not I'm not a GM. I don't control the money. I don't know what the budget is. <laughs> but I'm not just cutting Jameis. I got to get something for him. I'm trading him. I got to get something. There's there's some teams out here that'll take James. James still got a lot left in the tank. He uh, just got to stay healthy. He got to stay healthy. But I'm not just letting him go. I'm not just cutting him and just letting him walk out the building that way. I'm I got to trade for him. I got to get something for him. He's too good of a player. So this is this is a franchise kind of defining offseason, and um, I, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting to to see what happens. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of activity and and hopefully 
This puts the Saints, you know, like ultimately you look at this division and it doesn't take a lot to get back to the top of the, of the NFC South. When you look around next year, if you can pick up three more wins, you should be back in the playoffs and in contention to win this division. I think the Saints are are, are better than what they showed, but ultimately they, they're a, a, a team with good talent, just not good enough. And that doesn't lead to deep runs in the playoffs, but I think a good offseason can put them right back. Yeah, and that's all it takes. So it's been a great season, my man. You know, not not from the way of, of wins and losses, but um, just been really enjoyable spending the season with you, talking football, and uh, look forward to the offseason and continuing to update the fans on on the progress of the Saints. I, I really enjoyed everything you've done. Uh, you did again. You've done an amazing job this year. I look forward to to the offseason. Look forward to see what the move the Saints going to make this year as well. Yes, sir. And, you know, we'll be in touch. And uh, y'all keep uh, checking the Believe Network for all the coverage of your favorite teams um, all year long. So until the next time, this has been Believe in Saints. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. And we'll talk to y'all very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.